Welcome back to the Laces Out Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Ray, and once again, I'm surrounded by four degenerates, including... Bobby Vito, Corey Ginsberg, Mike Falcon. This is Tyler Pinkford. And today, we are with our En Fuego segment, Hot Takes in Your Face. <laughs> we actually just did this a little bit ago, if you follow us on Instagram and you decided to do, uh, watch us live, but there was no um, actual verbal communication. You couldn't hear us, so we decided... We're going to do it again, right? Uh, we're not very happy about it. It is 12.39 in the morning, and we're still about to eat hot sauce. And today, we're actually going to talk about something we've been trying to do for actually the last two and a half weeks, and that is talk about two guys. Actually, we're only going with one today. One guy we are excited about, one guy that we believe is going to be tier one and we all have our own definition, but Tier 1 this time next year when you're drafting them uh, based on their production this year. And uh, I'm actually going to be the lucky guy that gets to start. The way we're going to do this is I have some hot sauce sitting, looking at me right now, Mad Dog 357, 357,000 Scovilles straight to the face that I'm not excited about. Because <laughs> I just did it. Uh, and what's going to happen is Tyler is actually going to debate against me. We actually are all going to debate against one another. I'm about to start it. So basically, all I'm going to do is just going to, I'm going to take this. He doesn't have to do anything at all? Nope. I got hot sauce in my eye. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) That's, whose fault is that? Good luck, man. Yeah. I I I mean, we'll be all. So real quick, I'm going to define my tier one, what I believe is tier one. Um, I mean, the guy I'm going to go with is actually... Juju Smith-Schuster, John Sherman Smith-Schuster, if you know, if you will. I'm all about nicknames, so I'm going to call him Sherman. Um, Sherman's the guy I'm talking about today, um, and I believe that this time next year, we're not just going to be talking about D-Hop and Devontae Adams as Tier 1 guys at the beginning of the draft. Um, I believe that in that cluster will be Mr. Sherman himself, Juju, um, because of his production this year. I look forward to this debate. Here we go. Let's do this. So here's the thing. Actually, do you want to start? <laughs> With the counter on I think, I think, Nate, I think you have to start. You want to counter it? Let's talk about it. All right, so here's the thing. It's pretty simple. Juju is one of the best offenses in the league that will run through him, especially with A.B. being gone. Mind you, um, when A.B. left, so did 168 targets. That will no longer be there. And I'm going to tell you something right now. If one of your counter arguments is, well, now that AB's gone, there's going to be double coverage or he's going to be two-man teamed. That, this is not basketball that doesn't exist. They're going to have somebody spying on him. Totally understand that. Um, but I believe that, oh, this is getting worse. <laughs> there's going to be 168 targets that are going to be divvied up between him, <laughs> between Vance McDonald, between, oh my God, between, uh, what are the other names? I don't even remember. Dante Moncrief is over there now? Dante Moncrief, yeah. You're making a point for me. Jalen Samuel. They like him a lot. Jalen Samuel, the tight end slash running back slash whatever he is. (laughs) My ears hurt. It's coming out of my ears. Oh, no. Um, As well as, uh, oh, yeah, James Washington. They like him as well. Second year guy. Holy crap. Um, That's all I got for the moment. Go ahead. Make your argument so far. You got it. So I, I will... 
make the argument that Brown and Bell leaving is relevant. It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be double covered every play, but they do draw attention, and it's not necessarily that they're going to dedicate a second guy to go cover him every play. Yep. But it does mean that the safety who's playing over top is not going to have to worry about a receiver on the other side of the field like they normally would, mm-hmm. and the linebackers or you know safety playing up close isn't going to have to worry about a number two <laughs> receiver or Bell in the backfield. They're just not going to have those sorts of threats to be concerned about, so they're going to be able to keep a closer eye on Juju. Let's talk about that. So, <laughs> so Juju, last there have been four games without AB oh, in Juju's career, and during that time, it was in 2017. AB wasn't able to play in 15, week 15, 16, and 17. And this is what happened <laughs> without him. He had six targets. Six catches, 114 yards, zero touchdowns. That's 14.4 points in that game. Pretty solid game without AB. Next game, directly after that, seven targets, six catches, 75 yards, and a touchdown. That's 16.5 points. Week 17, 10 targets, nine, ta- nine catches, 100, 143 yards, two touchdowns, 30.8 points. Monstrous game. The next year, without A.B., there was only one game, Week 17, and that was 10 targets, 5 catches, 37 yards, and a touchdown. Sure, it wasn't great. But the point is, he's able to be productive. My skull is on fire. Oh, my God. Um, You're also flailing around a lot. Well, yeah, this is rough. This is a rough life. Um, Either way, he's just able to be productive. I think there are, there's enough around him that he's not going to be the sole guy there. I think Fanks McDonald makes a huge step forward this year. I think Jalen Samuel kind of made a point for me, but also Dante Moncrief, a guy that really like him to help spread the field. I think he's going to do huge things. Um, I don't, I don't agree with your argument. So, <laughs> so that's a good point. He was, he was productive, but you said it was in 2017. So, assuming that Bell was on the field then, and that is a huge draw for attention again. But we can skip that argument. I'll go to my second point here, which is that the Steelers drafted five defensive players in the draft. And we know that James Conner is more of a power running back. I think that the Steelers, in order to get... They want to get back to Steelers football in the sense that they want to get back to running the ball, power football, play good defense. I think that's kind of where they're headed. And get, take some of that load off of Big Ben's shoulders, especially with Antonio gone. And I think that's actually going to be the biggest detriment to Juju is that they're going to try to run the ball a lot more than they have. They've been one of the heaviest passing teams in the league recently, and that's not quite Steelers football. I think they want to get back to running the ball. I completely agree with that. Um, but you can also look at the same... Um, same schemes as the Saints. They don't run. The, they run the ball a hell of a lot more now than they used to. Um, yet Michael Thomas is still a wide receiver one tier sure. one guy. So I think that Juju is actually going to be a guy. This is one of my bold predictions. Actually, I think he's going to get really close to actually the record uh, for targets, and that is two hundred eight and re- uh, held by Rob Moore, actually a Cardinals player. No idea who that guy is, but um, I do believe that he gets. <laughs> At least 190 targets wow, this year. 190. I do, yeah, put it on the board. You willing um, to do a uh, hot sauce bet on that? Not a hot sauce bet, but I'll bet something. Um, <laughs> I'll, bet, I'll bet anything else. But um, I'll bet anything else. Probably pepper. I would rather pepper spray my eyes at the moment. But um, <laughs> I do believe that <laughs> 190 targets are coming his way. I think he's going to do absolutely massive things, and I think that he's going to be around 1,500 yard, yard mark. I think he's going to have more than the seven touchdowns that he's averaged the last two years. I just think he's going to do massive things. Tier one guy. 190 targets. I 
hope for the sake of your ridiculousness that that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's the hot sauce. I don't know. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. That's not even on my board. I just, I just, that. <laughs> just, threw, that out. I just threw it out there. But I do believe that Tier 1 is in his future. I think he's going to be, you're going to be talking about him, D-Hop, and Devontae Adams next year. We shall see. We, we, shall, sh- we see. shall see. Who's, uh, who Who's next? <sighs> it's, it, it's me. Um, Nate, are you sure you don't have more to say? <laughs> I don't know. Dude, dude go. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. My um, on fire. Okay, so I'm going to be talking about Aaron Jones. Um, and so what Tier 1 means for me is he's one of the highest echelon of running backs available in the draft. Um, I guess when I think of Tier 1, I, I kind of think of the top 12 running backs because I play in a lot of 12-man leagues, right? So those are your RB1s. Those are the guys that you're looking for, you know, typically in the first, you know, six picks of your draft, right? You know, when you're thinking of like Ezekiel Elliott right now or Saquon, right? Those guys are Tier 1. But then also, you know, the guys like Melvin Gordon or David Johnson who are pretty close up there as well, but sometimes they might slide around to the end of the first round, maybe beginning of the second round, depending on what people's priorities are. So that's what tier one means to me, and I think Aaron Jones is going to be up there. Um, and without further ado... I mean, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So without... without yeah. Shut, shut the fuck up and let me do this! <laughs> oh, go ahead. Without further ado, uh, who am I arguing with? I'm arguing with you, Nate. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Jones. He was stalling with the uh, tear top yep. that whole time. Yep, stalling. I wasn't stalling. I was. Go, 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 you're go, still tall. You're tall. Go. Fuck you guys. Let me just let me do this. Do it. Okay. So in 2018, the Packers finished uh, dead last in the league uh, in rushing attempts uh, under Mike McCarthy. Um, in that low rushing offense, uh, Aaron Jones had only 40% of the team's total rushing attempts, which was 133 rushes with 133 rushes. He still managed to accumulate, uh, 728 yards in eight touchdowns. And, uh, when you add in his receiving totals as well, you get like 934 yards from scrimmage. So that's a pretty respectable total for a guy who was on, you know, the worst rushing team in the league and didn't even get 50% of the carries on that team. Okay. So they fired Mike McCarthy because he's a garbage, garbage coach. Um, they brought in, what the fuck's his name? God, my mouth hurts. Um, uh, I know the floor. LaFleur, who cares? There's so much spit in my mouth. I don't care. So they brought in Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur was the coach of the tennis or the, oh, Oh man, it like didn't hurt for a minute. And I was like, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and it just got so much worse. Matt <laughs> LaFleur was the OC for the Tennessee Titans last year. And the Tennessee t- Titans finished ninth most rushing attempts in 2018 and had the sixth most rushing yards <laughs> in 2018. Okay, so Matt LaFleur loves to run the ball. He's coming in. Aaron Rodgers has had a couple seasons in the last couple years where he's been injured, right? What that's done is just tanked the Packers. They've been a terrible team without Aaron Rodgers. They need to protect him. And I think what they want to do is put a little bit more emphasis on the running game, right? Set up the pass a little bit more. Make sure Aaron's not scrambling on every play and trying to do everything by himself, right? 
So, oh my god. Okay, uh, the fuck, Nick, go. I'll figure out what I'm saying. <laughs> I think it's I think it's fair safe. So two things here. I mean, I, I didn't mean, want to argue that what tier one was, but you said top twelve running backs. I, that, that's absolutely outrageous. <laughs> yeah, I was just I was looking at top twelve running backs. You're looking at like the twelfth guy is Philip Lindsay, not a number one running back. But neither here nor there. So because the, the reason what I want to argue right now. I touched my eyes, guys, and my eyes are oh, on fire. I'm no. sorry. Yeah, I know what you feel. But to, uh, to be to be in the tier one, I, let's just say, you know, past uh, somebody like Joe Mixon, who's top nine. Oh, man. I don't see Aaron Aaron Jones, who had 130-whatever rushing attempts last season. I don't think he's leaping. I don't see him leaping to the 220 range, which I believe that you need in order to be successful. And not, it's not because of the coaching change. It's because of the team itself. you got to understand that they're in a division with the Vikings and the Bears, two very good running backs. They have to play them four times a season. And if you're playing a team four times a season and your team is averaging, what am I, simple math, 76 yards that's a that's a rough estimate. Seventy six yards a game, um, and that's not him. That's the team. Um, you have to do much better than that in four full games. You have to really make up for that in the other twelve of the season in order to be a, a, run, a running back um, that is going to be in top tier next season. When when you're talking about guys like Zeke, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Saquon, and potentially Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon, right? Um, I don't see that happening this year. Partially because I think the team's going to be just as bad. They might end up in third place again because they didn't do anything on the offensive side other than maybe some offensive line pieces. Uh, but their second best wide receiver is, um, well, actually two of them. You can't even say their name. It's M- MVS. MVS. Mark MVS and Geronimo Allison. Like They're not great, and they will never be great. So I don't think that they have the help needed in order to be a potent offense. I don't think they have a defense to be... Um, to have um, the tools necessary for that. I'm rambling. Go ahead. <laughs> so the Packers went 6-9-1 last oh. season. And I think a real large part for their, their struggles last season was Aaron Rodgers being injured. Yeah. Okay? I think that with him being back in the offense, their team is going to be a lot better. I think that, believe me, like, I really want to believe that they're going to shit the bed this year. Mm-hmm. I want to believe they're going to fall off the cliff and they'll be bad for the rest forever. I hate the Packers so much. Like, I want them to fail. But I can't let myself believe that. I think with Aaron Rodgers, if he has a fully healthy season, they're going to be one of the better offenses in the league. And if they're putting themselves in scoring position that often, you know, Aaron Jones last year, 934 yards from scrimmage. He didn't even play a full season. He was suspended for the first two games of the season, and then he was injured after that. Right. And he gets to play a full season with Aaron Rodgers, throughout the entire year, right, with a coach who's more run-minded, you know, 900 yards from scrimmage, do you think 1,500 yards from scrimmage is too much? I don't think it necessarily is. (laughs) I think they're going to be in scoring position all the time. I I just don't think you can because with talking about Aaron Jones, you have to talk about the full team composition. The full team composition's with Aaron Rodgers. Who the fuck are you talking about? I mean, look what it got him last year. Six, (laughs) nine, one. Okay. I I watched a lot of Packers games last year. Aaron Rodgers could barely play football last year. He could barely walk last year. They lost a lot of those games because Aaron Rodgers was not Aaron Rodgers. And with Aaron Rodgers being back, like, look at their past seasons when he's actually been healthy a full season. Mm-hmm. They're going to be better than they were last year. They were going to be better than the season when he broke his collarbone. Mm-hmm. They're going to be in scoring position a lot. 
And I think whatever running back is getting those red zone carries, you know, or whatever, you know. I fuck agree. you. I fuck agree. you, what's happening. I agree. We'll, we'll end on this. Uh, Jamal Williams is still there. I think he is just as good of a back, if not better at times. And I think that they're still going to split carries. I okay, that's, that. you're so wrong about that. Jamal Williams is not <laughs> That's fine, but we're to on to the next one. Corey. Uh, I'm next, actually. Just like, so oh, it's Bobby? Trip. Bobby's yeah. actually next. All right, so today I'm going to... Well, let me just talk about what I think Tier 1 is. It's Honestly, I think it's kind of a mix of the two. Like, if we want to talk about real Tier 1, it's like Saquon, Zeke, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, but if we want to, you know, expand that out, like, I think it's anyone you can want to take in the first round or towards uh, the beginning of the second. And here's... Uh, today I'm going to talk about a guy, Chris Carson, who is going around in the third round right now. Um, and I think he will uh, rise to the second. Take him off. Oh, that's awesome. And let's get right to it. All right, so we have Spider-Man here. He has the sickest highlights of anyone of last year. You watch him doing flips all over the place and lunges. It's fucking awesome. Uh, he's ending into his third year, um, and he's a three-down back. He's going to get the ball. He can be on. He block really well. And he can be on the field at any time. In Seattle, Seattle is the most run-heavy offense in the league. They are the only team that actually ran the ball more than they passed it. The production, the opportunity is there, and he's already taken the job. Okay, Pete Carroll has been on record saying that he values rushing yards for some reason more than passing yards. He thinks a rushing yard is worth more, even though it's one-to-one. So I'll take that insanity, and I'm going to take whoever Pete Carroll has a running back, which is Chris Carson. He finished fifth in the league in rushing yards, so he's already up in that category. Two, one. Of uh, 1,151 yards. Uh, he was third in missed tackles last year behind Adrian Peterson and Derrick Henry. He had a minor surgery this offseason, but he's already back in camp. Pete Carroll has already been uh, exuding praise and love for this man, saying he's the most in shape. He's the one that sticks out to him year. This is the second year that Pete Carroll said this. Don't run your eyes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of awareness, <laughs> Chris Carson is uh, his power and great awareness not seen on the Seahawks since Marshawn Lynch was healthy. Uh, okay, I'm going to interrupt you right there. He's, he's definitely not Marshawn Lynch. I said he's the best they've had since Marshawn Lynch. So uh, I agree with you, Marshawn Lynch. Sure, continue. Alright, uh, Mike David hold on. had 112 rushes, 34 receptions last year. He's gone. Rashard Penny, yeah, he's going to help, and he's probably going to be in there on third downs and a change of pace back, but he's not that good. He had his opportunity last year, and I don't see him taking the job away from Chris. I so, think... Go do, I, do I get a chance to read? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I think one of the reasons they were so high in rushing yards last year and rushing attempts was their star wide receiver Doug Baldwin was out pretty much the whole year. Right? Russell Wilson is gone. He is off the team. But Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league and they had a new offensive coordinator, uh, Schottenheimer last year. Okay, they wanted to get back to rushing the ball a little bit because the offense had statistically not been doing very well with such a pass heavy emphasis. Okay, they got some new offensive weapons, uh uh, who's more? Something more? Who? Uh, exactly. David Moore, the the guy from last year. Yes, that guy uh, is 
has been coming into his own. They've been talking about him. Uh, Jaron Brown from the Cardinals. One of your guys, Bobby, Jaron Brown. They've been talking him up, Jag. <laughs> and then DK Metcalf. They drafted DK Metcalf Can't run really early. DK yeah. Metcalf isn't going to steal shit. Okay. Another, Carson. He's another guy that Pete Carroll's been talking up this year. Okay. <sighs> and Rashad Penny, you say he's bad. He was barely given a chance last year. He had 87 attempts. I think that he is going to command a much higher uh, workload share. I think it's going to be more of a 40-60 split. Carson 60. Oh. Rashad Penny 40. Um, Rashad Penny, three down back, he had 20 receptions last year. You know, like, that's not throwing that's, the ball. That's barely, that's ball. barely a reception again. But you can't call a guy a three down back if he's, like, barely catching the ball. I think that Rashad Penny is going to come in. He had 200, almost 250 attempts last year. 247, yes. I don't think he's going to get 247 attempts this year. I don't think that they're going to run quite as, I think they will be one of the top rushers in the league. I don't think they're going to be as ridiculous as they were this year. Or this past year. I think that Rashad Penny is going to take some... And I think he's going to do a good job. But I think he's going to do something more in line of what he did this year. And I don't think he's going to be a top-tier running back. He was a top-tier running back last year. And I think we'll do it again. I, I think we have wildly <laughs> different ideas of what a top-tier running back is. Ah, yes. We already established that, actually. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I guess we'll move on to me. So tier one, yeah. So tier one for me, pretty simple. I'm doing a tight end, so especially with that situation, you're looking at the top three players. Uh, so for me, I'm talking about David Njoku. Real quick, while Corey's taking this, I want to say that uh, silk almond milk is uh, really delicious. It's really helping me through this. So I just want to fuck you so hard. For we're not, that, Mike. We're not sponsored by silk. We so will take money. From shut up, Mike. <laughs> Holy shit, you guys are cunts. Um, they had like a good 30 second sprint to get their shit out while, after they took their hot sauce, and I had to sit there and wait through their bullshit. Continue, um, So, David Njoku. Going into his second year with Baker Mayfield, uh, he got 88 targets last year, uh, getting around 646 yards uh, with four touchdowns. That is going to go up this year. I understand that he got Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, to steal targets away from that. He is going to, again, be the second most targeted player on that offense. Uh, Baker Mayfield is not going to have... Baker Mayfield is not going to get the rapport that everyone is thinking that he's going to have with Baker Mayfield this year. Uh, and David Njoku is going to be the prime red zone target for Baker Mayfield uh, going into this season. Want to take a breath? Oh, for the sheer fact that they're going to get the corners of the end zone completely covered with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. commanding those corners in the middle of that end zone is going to be wide open for David Njoku's taking. Um Go ahead, Bobby. All right. Uh, Jarvis Landry. All right, we're not even going to get to ODB yet. Or OJ, yeah. Oh, they're best. Uh, yeah, Jarvis Landry had uh, 150 targets last year. He has the best rapport with Baker Mayfield of anyone. I'm actually kind of worried about OBJ. I don't know how great he's going to be because of that Jarvis Landry connection. But OBJ is a whole future Hall of Famer. No one can deny it. 
He had 125 targets last year from Eli Limp Arm Manning. All right, he's going to take a massive target share. The top two targets, and I will take any bet you want on this, <laughs> is going to be Jarvis Landry and OBJ. Njoku is not going to, he's going to be vying for that third spot with uh, Nick Chubb. He can cast some patches as well. Duke Johnson Jr., if he decides he wants to actually play for the Browns, <laughs> is going to be catching some balls as well. There's just not enough targets. Baker is probably going to regress a little bit, and I think that OBJ will take up that massive, massive load that you want going to Njoku. Wow, I disagree. Fuck out of my eyes. <laughs> That's all I got. I disagree. You're just disagreeing? Disagree better. <laughs> uh, he's a... Uh, this is his third year tight end if he was going to break out. Last year was his peak. He said he wanted 20 touchdowns this year. Did you see that? Yeah. I did see he wanted 20 touchdowns this year. And I think he's going to get <sighs> at least eight. He's, he's going to be a prime red zone target. <laughs> he might get eight touchdowns, but he's not going to get the yardage that he did last year. He's, he's not, not going to get, get at target. least 600 yards this year. You're fucking high. He's going not to get at least 600, <laughs> definitely more than that. He's going to put up at least the same amount of targets of 88. And then real quick, to get back to the definitions of Tier 1, all right? You think that he's going to be in the same conversation. The Tier 1 is clear cut right Who's now. Tier 1? We got Kittle, we got Ertz, we got Chelsea. Was Kittle in the conversation last year? No. No. Kittle's a better player. He's in the conversation now. <laughs> I disagree. I think David Njoku is at the same level of George Kittle, Zach Ertz, and... Well, not Kelsey. Kelsey's on his own tier. And then you got George Kittle. And wrong, then you wrong, wrong. It's insane. All right? None of these other teams have anyone to throw it to as much as they do as... Like, like these are all primary targets on those teams, okay? You can make a case that... Uh, the the Chiefs. Well, stay Kelsey, up. yes, Kelsey now because Tyreek Hill is not going to be there. Uh, George Kittle, 49ers do not have a wide receiver. Uh, Zach Ertz, uh, they have Amari Cooper who has soft tissue issues, or not Amari Cooper. I'm Alshon, so sorry. Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey who has soft tissue fucking problems so, all over the place. These elite guys, these are elite players who are in elite positions with. Elite production coming their way. The Browns do not have that. <laughs> David okay. Njoku, I personally feel, is a elite tight end in this league. Uh, if that's the case, that's not what I'm arguing anymore. Now what I'm arguing is that he's not going to get the target share to allow him to be... He's been increasing his target load at least 20 from his rookie season to his next season. That's going to increase this year because... He's going to have another year of rapport with Baker Mayfield. He's Baker Mayfield is already on record to not even fucking liking Odell Beckham Jr., which is not going to bode well for him having a good Eli chemistry. He's not going to have good chemistry with Odell Beckham this year. Oh, at least Eli Manning had seasons to build that relationship with Odell Beckham. They went down in flames, all right, and they traded him away. Close, closing thoughts, closing arguments. Go ahead. Corey. I don't think it'll be tier one. Uh, I think David Njoku is going to be a prime red zone target for Baker Mayfield. He's going to be his Jason Witten. And overall, a hot take. I think Evan Ingram has a better fantasy season than Njoku. Ooh, 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 ooh. I don't think that's a hot ooh. take. I think no, no, that's no. a cold take. I think that's... That's a cold take. Where are the Slurpees at? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, hey, Slurpee chug on this one. I think that's ooh. absolutely ridiculous. Wait, is that what you're going to do with Slurpee chug? Because that's a great bet. Can you, yeah, can you shake bet. on it? 
Right now, Slurpee so Chug, that Evan Ingram does Ingram, better than David Njoku this season. Fantasy points, fantasy half point PPR. Half point right. PPR. We'll put, it, we'll put it put on the board. board. Mike, put it on the board when you're, you know, filling up to it. I'm back, guys. Where he's back. <laughs> I just threw up. I saw God. <laughs> I'm really pissed. I had all this great, well-thought-out research, and all that came out was melt spaghetti. <laughs> I think at one point I said Jamal Williams was a better running back. Hot sauce makes you say things, man. But hey, let's uh, let's move on to our uh, to our last take. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tyler. Mari Cooper. So for me, tears in general, not just tier one, but tears in general refer to a group of players that you can consider basically interchangeable at a certain area of the draft. So, like, tier one wide receivers, like you mentioned, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Julio maybe, a little less so. But those receivers, you're going to be happy to get those in the same area of the draft, and they're going to be about the same in terms of how happy you are, right? If you get D-Hop or Devontae Adams or, like, Michael Thomas. I would argue Michael Thomas is tier one, but that's my opinion. At, like, the end of the first round... No matter who of those guys you get, you feel like you got your guy, right? So that's what I consider tiers. So I'm going to be arguing that Amari Cooper is going to join that tier with D-Hop and Devontae Adams next year. He's going to be a guy that if you don't get D-Hop at the seventh pick, you're going to be perfectly happy to get Amari Cooper at the ninth, and you're going to be totally fine with it. So that's what my tier is. Lick that spoon, baby. Lick that spoon. It's been Amari Cooper's year for three straight years now. (laughs) What, lick that spoon? Oh. <laughs> Alright, last season, over nine games, Mari Cooper put up 132 points. <coughs> Fuck. <laughs> if you project it over a full season, 249 points would have been good for seventh place. But he came in cold, he got traded halfway through the season, and just jumped in and started catching balls, catching touchdowns, kicking ass. With a full off season to get to know Dak a little more, and to get to know the little system a little bit more, I think you can actually push that 249 up. I think he's going to do better than that. Better than what would have been 7th place last year. And I honestly think that the the sky is the ceiling for Cooper in Dallas because they don't really have another wide receiver to truly compete with targets there. Dak loves him, obviously, based on the fact oh, that he targeted him over eight, over 8 times a game in those 9 games last year. You say his ceiling is the atmosphere? Basically, <laughs> that's what I said. You said the sky, which is yeah, the, the atmosphere, the stratosphere. I like that. The ceiling is the there's atmosphere. No, there's no ceiling. It's just out there. Go ahead. I want to hear your first point while I recover a little bit. You're crying. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So my first point is consistently Amari Cooper has ranked the number one wide receiver in the league with the highest drop rate. I don't believe that you could be a tier one wide receiver and drop 20% of your catches. Period. That's right here? That's mine. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> I mean, that's my... You asked me for my first point. That's my first point. Tyler has tears coming down his face right now. <laughs> it's not out my nose. It's really brutal. This is the second time we've ate this hot sauce uh, tonight. And uh, that's why I threw up in the bathroom earlier. It is wrecking our stomachs. Uh... We all want to fucking die. Um, Tyler, how you, you... I think Amari Cooper has had drop issues in the past. I think that you can grow out of that. You learn to focus more. As you get more involved in an offense, you get more focused. He didn't get enough targets in Oakland. The, he has a split. When he gets six or more targets, he does twice as well in receptions, three times as well in yardage, and almost twice as well in touchdowns per game. Compared to five or less touchdowns or targets per game, 
So when they keep you involved, he's not going to drop the ball as often because he's going to be more involved in the offense every single play. They keep him zoned in. And like I said, they targeted him over eight times a game last season. They traded a first-round pick for him, so he's going to get that usage. They're going to push the ball to him. Okay, and the offense is going to run through Zeke, and then they'll him second. So I think with all that opportunity, it's going to be hard for him to uh, mess it up, I guess. Go ahead. Uh, so, you're right. The offense is going to run through Zeke, and it's going to run through Zeke first. That offense will always be a run-first offense. Dak Prescott has had consistent numbers across the board every single year. Uh, they are within margins of each other. Uh, I believe that Amari Cooper is going to be a prime starting wide receiver, but to have him in the same conversation as Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones even, in fucking saying. There's no way that he puts up the same yardage even close to that as those guys. Yeah. yeah. I want to jump in real quick. And I, I, as I was running off to the bathroom to lick my wounds, I heard you saying that maybe Julio Jones can be considered tier one, and you're putting Amari in there? You're fucking high. <laughs> like, Julio Jones led the league in touchdown yard, or, uh, receiving yards last year. All right? Yeah, he didn't get a touchdown. Three years in a row, actually. What? Three years in a row, actually. Neither here nor there, we're talking about Amari. But I agree with what you're saying about I misspoke when I said that. Yeah, three years, if you were checked our Instagram post, he has three top 25 seasons of all time. All right? He's definitely tier one, and I think he is in a case above any of these other guys. That's why, that's my biggest point, is I don't think Amari Cooper, even with a full season under uh, the Cowboys, with Dak Prescott throwing to him, Dak Prescott is a fine quarterback. He is not, I wouldn't even put him in the same category as Matt Ryan. He is a average quarterback. He does fine. He's serviceable. He's consistent. But he's not going to give Amari Cooper the chance to put up the kind of yardage that Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and DeAndre Hopkins. He's not going to bridge that same. Even Michael Thomas. He's not going to bridge that gap. Well, and I think it'll be interesting. Uh, their OC now is, what, Kellen Moore? And I think this is his first year as, like, an like a coach of like, you know, with that much responsibility, it'll, I think it'll be interesting to see what that does for the offense. You know, I feel like the Cowboys offense has kind of been a little stagnant the last couple seasons. You know, they they haven't been doing anything too fancy outside of just like pound the ball with Zeke. I mean, I kind of see where Tyler's coming. I think that Amari has the tools needed to make that leap. And I think that he has been put into a wildly better position than he was in. I think that a lot of things have to come together, but I don't see it outside the realm of possibility. I don't think it's like, you know, I'm going to chug this bottle of hot sauce crazy. Which I'm not. Fuck no. that. Nope. No. <clears throat> Absolutely. And, and I'll end with this. I mean, well, I don't. we don't have to end with this, okay. but uh, you, you mentioned drop rate, and I just want to say something right now. In terms of rankings, I don't think of drop rate. Yeah, he drops, he drops some balls. Um, but so does Julio Jones, <laughs> if you look at it. Um, the dude still has like a 5.6% drop rate. Yeah, but not <laughs> but you a get 20% enough... drop rate. <laughs> I understand, but you get enough volume that that drop rate doesn't really matter nearly as much. And I think that he's going to get enough volume to in order to overcompensate for that. Um, same with like Jarvis Landry. I mean, he had 11 drops last year. That's a lot of drops. Yeah. He's struggling in there. But that, that's a lot of drops. Calvin Ridley, 
had a, had ten drops and he had ten touchdowns, so he made up for it in other ways. And I think Amari Cooper is going to do the same exact thing this year. Um, but I do want to say that I don't look at drop rate ever when I'm looking at a fantasy football, you know, stats. I'm not like, oh, well, he dropped some balls last year. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen um, because that's ten less balls. Yeah, sure, he could have caught, but he's going to get twenty more targets to compensate for it. That's the way I look at it. Exactly. Well, we also don't know his red zone usage. That'll be a big thing too. He was just like never used in the red zone in Oakland. Like it was like like stati- almost a statistical anomaly how little he was targeted right. in the red zone. So I can't imagine that not going up a little bit. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. He's he's definitely on my watch list this year. Absolutely. Um, so guys, how are we all feeling right now? I feel good now, but I felt bad earlier. I, I I hallucinated. I will say I'm going to backtrack on my words. I did say <laughs> Jamal Williams was a better running back than Aaron, Aaron Jones, and I think I just said it because I needed to make a point so we can move on. And I want to I want to I want to say I, I don't agree with what I said. Sometimes, but I do think I don't think that Aaron Jones is going to be top tier next year with Zeke. Sometimes, you know, Nate just says hurtful things to make me angry, and that's fine. It's that's pretty fine. easy to do. Yeah, <laughs> you but, take that back. Yeah. But overall, uh, yeah, that was that was rough. <clears throat> That's why we're gonna do this once a month. I don't think I, uh, I don't think I want to do this again for the next three weeks. Nope. What do you guys no. think? And this no. is why we're gonna get. Maybe not once. This month. was a success, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Makes you think. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you. I forgot half the stuff I was gonna be talking about for Juju. I look back on this. I was like, I had so many good points. But um, I think I, that's what's great about well, it. Well, Nate, what's what's the metric that we're measuring success by? Was it that it was inner? to listen to us suffer. I, um, I don't know if it was necessarily successful in us getting out uh, all of our well-researched uh, thoughts out there to the listener as best as we possibly could, but I mean, hopefully they enjoyed uh, hearing me throw up in the background yeah. of uh, and we did Corey's hear argument. You. You and know? we did hear you. And I will say maybe we'll have like a little mini-sode in the future about all the points we did not make. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Stay tuned. What was that? Yeah. So, so yeah. And um. Anyway, we're gonna wrap up now because it's uh one seventeen in the morning and we're over this. Yeah. Um. But hey, guys, if you're not following us already, we're actually gonna create a YouTube channel here very soon so you can see all of this disastrous, wonderful, be- wonderful stuff. Uh, we have an IG account, Laces Out Fantasy Football. Please do tune in, like, comment, soon subscribe. We appreciate you guys. We are out of here. Later. Deuces. Fuck hot sauce.